You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. And me, Tim Downey. <laughs> there we are. Well, Tim is just... Beat. Just waiting for the beat to drop. <laughs> uh, normally on the Tuesday Club, we uh, we like to say hello, welcome back. I'm Kyle, he's Sean, and then we introduce the guest. But there we are. I'll, t- I'll t- leave it to you, Tim. Crack on, mate. Just thought I'd just jump straight in there. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, so, uh, how have you been? What have you been up to? How's it going, mate? Yeah, so today, obviously, um, a lot of people will know Tim from the huge award. Well, I don't know if it's award winning. I might be just talking out my ass there. Um, but it's very well-renowned uh, TV show, Outlander, amongst other things, Toast to London. I, I I did a little bit of research on you, Tim, because obviously we, we do talk a lot on set, but I did have to have a little look at what you've been in. I didn't know you was in the Transformers movie. Yes, I was. That's, yes. like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I know that guy. I know him. <laughs> it's like, like Will Ferrell from Santa. I know him. I know him. But yeah, we have got the yeah. wonderful Timothy Downey, comedy, actor, writer, reader extraordinaire, and one of the most funny and intelligent men I've ever met in my life. Hello, Tim. Oh, oh, you. What a... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll go. I mean, that's that's it. I want to I want to get people in to hear this. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good, good. We've all been well. Um, probably much the same as everybody else, you know. Hunkering down, getting through it. Just head down, get through it as best uh, as best you can. Apart from that trip to Barnard Castle, I did, which apparently is fine. <laughs> I just keep my head down, and I'm just, you know, just keep going. How's- there's um, there, there, there's a TV show there, isn't there? You know, this is a Cummins extravaganza. But uh, how's lockdown changed for you, Tim? I mean, you you're normally so busy. How's it looked for an actor like you in this time? Well, just the just the 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 gaping void of no work um, <laughs> is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I mean, it's so unprecedented. Like usually, as an actor, normally not usually, but normally as an actor, you know, you have those periods of um, of resting, shall we say, and you get used to it. You know that there will be a certain fallow period, and you have to kind of negotiate how you do that. But never has there been a time where it is, well, we just don't know when anything is even going to start. We have no idea when the theatres are going to open, probably, more, probably won't be until next year. As for filming, that's going to change beyond all recognition with social distancing, with hair and makeup not being there. People, you know, I don't know how on earth, I don't think anybody knows how, how, it's, all going to, how it's all going to work out and how many things are going to go, going to, go to the wall. A friend of my mother-in-law's who runs the Nuffield Theatre in Southampton, and that which has been there for years, and I performed there years and years ago. It's an incredible theatre, gone, and I never thought in my wildest dreams that 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 would happen. And a matter of months, and it's gone, and that's terrifying. Well, it's Genuinely just it's terrifying. closed down now, and it's, it won't ever reopen. Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's it's sad. To do, it's to do with funding and footfall, and it just you know it, sh- it shows how sort of delicately, finely balanced the theatre world the theatre world is and so many things i know so many friends of mine whose companies have had to fold or close just because they just don't have the restaurateurs and things like that they need you know the turnover and the it's it's so finely balanced what with rents and oh getting all technical but it's so finely balanced that give it a couple of months and that's it you can't you, you can't keep your staff you can't do anything your overheads are too big so yeah, we spoke to Katrina a few weeks back, Tim, and um, it's not just the actors, of course, you know, TV film sets extend to a lot of freelancers, right from the riggers through to the makeup artists, the, the runners, you know, producers and so on, the editors. 
you know, it just affects so many people, isn't it? I mean, mm. have you been able to work on anything writing-wise? I'm loving the broom, by the way. Uh, my dad's got a Thank cracking you. broom, but not as good as that. Uh, tell uh, me you're working on something. The light just falls into this. There is no reflection on this. Absolutely none whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, um, when, we, well, when we're I'm working on Outlander, uh, Tim can't have a moustache because he's playing this governor. And you know, but uh, what Tim doesn't know is whenever he's approaching set, we all get called to set from our green rooms or trailers. We all go, Oh, the moustache's coming. Here comes the moustache. <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> no, it's because it's not true. I just thought it'd be funny, but I don't know. Now, I was gonna say, now it's awkward. Now it's a thing. Now it's awkward. Now, okay, thanks now for coming. <laughs> Yeah, so luckily I've been doing voiceovers, which is the one thing that you can do. And I have like a little home studio here. I've got my mic here and hence the cans and this. Um, and so that's been good. That's been kind of keeping me keeping me going. Apart from the other day where they said, because I'm doing it's, it's a video game, it's a role-playing video game. And so you have to do all the kind of incidental bits. So obviously you have dialogues like, we will travel to this land and fight all of that better than that but like that um <laughs> but what you don't realize is those little moments where uh for instance i get attacked by a bear so i have to sc- and i'm upstairs and i've got kids downstairs so i have to so i have about an hour of death sounds where they say now you have been attacked by a bear it's quite a big bear this one and quite roughly so how would that that sounds <laughs> okay now you're being killed by ice you've walked into a oh on an very yes <laughs> now you've been hit by an arrow Ugh. an hour of screaming an hour of screaming i had to do one which was run around like you're on fire i could feel the cold in the ice one there you could feel that couldn't you look at that years years of <laughs> dead <laughs> at least that's, that's that's taking you over tim i suppose but anything in the offing right in ways it does uh, I, I have penned a few little bits and pieces. Um, I've been doing a a lockdown comedy series with a with a, a friend of mine. Um, there's a couple of comedy bits as well that I'm uh, recording, and then uh, I even tried penning pen the novel as everyone said they would do. Oh, now I've got time to write that novel. So I started it, and then I had to do some homeschooling. Um, so that <laughs> really put the tin hat on that. So that just stopped it. How quick was your was your casting to when you had the meeting to set the tapes off, whatever, to when you found out? Because mine was months. Mine was months and months. Mine was a long. Mine was a long time. Yeah, mine was a long time as well. Don't think it was months, but it was certainly enough enough time that you think you haven't got it. Yeah, same. That kind of thing where you, you just forget, kind of, put it, put it back. You break it down in your head to go. Well, if I haven't heard by okay, I'm working this out. There's no science to this whatsoever. It's just a feeling. Yeah, where you're going Wednesday. Yeah, when if I don't hear by Wednesday, and then Wednesday comes, you think maybe, but may no, there's been a bank holiday in America, so Thursday, <laughs> so Thursday, and then yeah, so that's that's what happens, and then yeah, but luckily they did come back and say. Yeah, I think in my case it was just great. like right, we've seen him at the start. We'll we'll literally just trawl through thousands and thousands and thousands of people just to see if we can find someone better. And I don't think they did. So they they eventually had to phone me back like six months later and be like, "All oh, right, go on. You can you can play." No, John. they didn't. <laughs> to be fair, Kyle. To be fair, right? My limited oh, knowledge. Man. Nobody could fall off the stool or whatever it was in that campsite after that drunken scene with the party better than Kyle Reese. So I mean, you know, if anything else, mate, you were the man for that job. I have a lot of experience, mate. So I, all I had to do was just, you know. 
emotional recall. What did it feel like when I fell off that? I didn't even fall off anything. I was just sat there and just leaned back. But um, I was saying to Sean before, uh, I was quite chuffed because obviously we see Sam and Kat and Richard and Sophie doing all these like big interviews or whatever. And I think she was doing one for, I think it was like LA Weekly or what's the American ones, E! Entertainment or something like that, Entertainment Weekly. But anyway, they asked her, what was the most memorable scene from season five? And she said, uh, the actor Kyle Reese who plays John Quincy Myers falling over oh, yeah. drunk at the end of the wedding. And I was just like that. Yes, my life is complete. Uh, obviously, I, I met him very briefly in season four because we we didn't have any work together in season four. Um, but we started mm. to to mix and a lot of our storylines sort of crossed. Well, Tim's storylines, I was just a glorified extra, really, uh, which I'm thankful for. Um, but there was one day on set, right, where I watched um, him and Sam had this scene. I won't say what scene it is because you I don't think you've got there yet. Um, it's quite far on into season five. But they had this scene... Um, everybody knows what it's like for an actor. You you do in take after take after take. Um, and that's, you know, you've got to get all Tim's shots. You've got to get the wides. You've got to get the medium shots. You've got to get his close-ups. That takes about half a day. Then you've got to do Sam's. But I tell you what, I've never been in, um, or on a set, sorry, where I just sat. And I, when we are all, when we are not on set or we're not in the shot, Relax, go to the tent, have a have a coffee, have some, you know, and everyone's just off, and all the actors are off scoffing and drinking coffees and smoking. Um, but this day, I was like, you know what, I really like this scene um, because it brought back elements and, and language and text that they used in season four. So I was just sitting there, and I went over to one of the sound guys, and I was like, can I have some of your headphones? And I just sat behind him because they've all got monitors to watch everything. And I was just sat there watching them on the monitors. And do you know what? It was a lesson in acting for me. And I've told Tim this, so he, he won't be, this won't be a surprise to him. But him and Sam together, that scene, you know the scene I'm on about Tim, yeah? In the camps? I do, I yeah. do, yeah, yeah. I just saw it, yeah. and it, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant to watch. And in between, the thing is, in between, you get a lot of actors who are like, you know, serious, serious well, scene, get involved. Thank and you, it's like, oh, that. and then as soon as they broke it, and it's this really serious very emotionally charged after a massive event for Sam's character and Tim's just there being, you know, Governor Tryon. He was just like, well, I don't really give a shit, but it's really intense. And then in between, they're like, oh yeah, you know, just having a laugh and a joke. And that's a, that's an actor for me. Somebody that just does, bang, nails it. I know I'm going on a bit now, but um, but yeah, I just wanted to say he is phenomenal on set and um, it was a pleasure oh, to work with you. you. Pleasure to work with you, mate. Pleasure to work with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so <laughs> much. I mean, Tim, you've, you've been in so many different things. You're obviously extremely talented, as Kyle said, but you, you, it, is it, do you find it difficult to switch from, you know, you're an outlander one minute playing this very serious historical cal- uh, character. I don't know, you may be in Miranda in something else or then doing voiceover. I mean, in the theatre, writing, does that come naturally to you? You know, because clearly you've got a lot of strings to your bow. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's it's all about mood. You know, like some days you kind of wake up and think, ah, oh, you know, day's great. I feel quite sort of light and it's going to have a nice, it's going to be fun. You know, don't think to take things too seriously. And other days you can wake up feeling like, oh no, there's there's a lot of, you know, weight and darkness in the world. So I'm, and I think, how you place it like you can't be you did that there's no way you can be serious when you are sit for those that haven't seen it it's about an actor played by matt berry and every episode he comes in to do a voiceover and there's me and a guy called clem fandango <laughs> that sit in the booth oh, and we clem just fandango. rip the, and we rip the piss out of it every week we just rip the piss just get him to read the most ridiculous 
stupid, ridiculous things. Um, and there was one scene in particular of that where you, you can't do anything else apart from, and our characters are supposed to be serious in that. So we're just supposed to sit there being really dour and like, that's great, Stephen. Yeah, could you just do that again? Yeah, no, uh, once more, please. Like that, and have no reaction. And there was one scene in particular, which is where the, which is the German, they're dubbing German gay porn. <laughs> and it was one of the, by the end of it, you were going quite insane. We hadn't seen daylight because we were just stuck in this booth. And we did it for about four hours of just the two of them, which was Matt Berry and, uh, and um, Harry Peacock. Just going, ah, but looking in each other's eyes, going, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. And we just had to say the guy, that's great, Stephen. Yeah, could we just do that with a bit more anguish? And it was just, that was one of the funniest things I think I've ever had to witness in my entire career. So that was very easy to just kind of just go with the flow and go, yeah, you know, it's all good. And Outlander is very similar as, you know, it's in the writing. The writing is really good. So you just play what is on what is on the page you don't have to do too much which is the sign of great writing and kind of trusting what you're doing is just just let it just let it play don't push it too much just go with go yeah. with them um, go with what's there you were really you of... confused sometimes and that's never a good day no you, you reminded me of it then uh, clem fandango have you seen any of that kyle totally yeah, i've seen the bits of it yeah uh, the the one because I, I do a little bit of voiceover my own analysis stuff for rugby for bbc um mm -hmm. And I saw going into a booth and things like that. And Ross Harris, the presenter, introduced me to Clem Fandango. And it, it was the one thing that I, we watched repeatedly is where all he has to say is, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> My back can we just try and know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fabulous stuff. My favourite one is, um, Tim, you obviously you've recently done the uh, Horrible Histories movie as well. And I think like all the trailers and that started coming out just before we started shooting season five. And I remember seeing them on the adverts and it was one of the funniest clips. Um, obviously, Horrible Histories, it's all for like children and that, isn't it? But it is right. Am I right there? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And it was, uh, Tim, Tim was playing, what were you? Were you one of the three kings or one of the wise men? I was one, I was the, I looked a little like uh, Jesus, but I was the British legate. So I was like the British ambassador to Rome. In, oh, right. As, but dressed as a pagan, right. going to uh, give tithes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was to Jesus. They all come and they were like, oh, I've brought this present. I brought this. Oh, I'm from somewhere. And what was the guy? What did the guy say? He said he was from somewhere. And it was like a place where there was so much bad weather. And Tim turns to him and goes, well, what did you bring? A bag of rain. <laughs> it just fucking creased me like. <laughs> the first thing I said to him, first read through day. Genuinely, he loved that. <laughs> I did. He so loved that line. And that is. <laughs> It was brilliant. It was just you so silly. Like, on occasion, were you trying to have your breakfast? Thanks, thank, thank you, Carl. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just remember looking at it all the time. Like we'd be in the trailers, and I'd be YouTubing horrible histories movie uh, trailer just to get the line right. So every time I saw him, I could just say it to him. What did you bring? Bag of rain. <laughs> anyway, crease me. Um, right, Tim. Tim you... Go on, go on. Sorry, Sean. I was just gonna. I was just gonna tell Tim that the Tuesday Club is. Um... Kyle's brainchild, really, where we, we he's a big rugby fan. I've had a career in rugby, and we, we we try to talk a little bit off the field. We're trying to mix showbiz, acting, directing, writing, and rugby players and what they watch and so on are interested in. So I suppose a quite obvious question is to you, as, the, as your archetypal Englishman, have you have any interest in, in, in England rugby, mm. watching rugby at all? No, I, I, I do. I really do. I used to play it um, a little bit as a kid. 
um, I was I was a scrum half. I was a, I was oh. a big child, um, and I, <laughs> I can remember on one game, um, I have nearly scored one try in my and I can remember it vividly. You know, well, I don't know if you remember. There's a scene in the film Leon. Have you seen Leon? Yeah, I haven't. Doesn't matter. There's a scene where uh, Leon is walking out, and you think he's a hitman. You think he's he's escaped. He's escaped, but Gary Oldman is standing behind him, and the shot is his POV at shot, and it's just the way he kind of falls over. That was my experience, nearly scoring a try. <laughs> it was an open field. I was I was off. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna. This is the greatest moment in my life, and uh, and that that was and that was it. Uh, yeah, that's the closest I have ever. Other than that, I would just be beaten up in the scrums. That was basically my <laughs> my role. But uh, yeah, so that was it. So I, I lost I lost a bit of passion for it through sheer injury. Have you ever been to any games in Twickenham, Tim? Really, I have only one game at Twickenham, which was a, uh, a a cup final between Bath and Harlequins when Will Carling was playing. That's how long ago. Um, Great player. Although I remember doing a tweet during the Rugby World Cup, and it actually appearing on the side of Twickenham for the last World Cup, which again I was <laughs> I was absolutely thrilled with. So that was uh, again another another touchstone for me. Will Carling, uh, I've done a few events with Will, and growing up as a Welshman, when Will Carling was England captain, with that such a successful team, brilliant team, and he was. Captain Darling Carlin, wasn't he? He was, he was, you know, every young Welsh boy wanted to hate him. When I met him, it was such a, a, a relief and B, a huge disappointment that he's the best bloke you'll ever want to meet, you know, a real man's man. And of course, you want to ask him that question. And he's like, he's almost like, go on, ask me, ask me. But you, you, you're always a bit shy to ask him the question. Yeah. But great bloke, Will Carlin, and good times to be an England rugby fan. Kyle, of course, is. As you can see from his background, a massive Welsh rugby fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did. He keeps it very quiet. That's oh, the really? strange thing. He very <laughs> much keeps it to himself. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know until literally this came on just now. I was like, goodness me, you are wearing everything well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It, I'd, I've said it before. It's just, I think, moving away, growing up in, in where we, me and Sean come from in Botolbert, you know, it's it is it's rugby, it's sport. Um, I grew up very much in a in a rugby spectating, playing family. My dad was a scrum half, my brother was a scrum half. When my mother had me, they were like, "Well, he's definitely not going to be a scrum half." Um, but um, it was it's just that's that's what we grow up with around here, Sean, isn't it? It's, there's a lot of rugby, um, and I don't know, I don't know whether like the first game I ever went to watch. Um, I think I was about ten, and it was or ten or eleven. It was the the first Six Nations in the Millennium Stadium, and um, Jason, I can't remember. It was against England, and Jason Robinson pulled a hammy right at the start of the game and went off, Sean. I don't know if you can remember that one. Uh, we lost the game anyway, but um, I just never, ever will I ever have anything more passionate about me and my blood and my bones and my the fabric of my fibre mm-hmm. uh, than being Welsh. It. And, it, and it, well, Yeah, but moving away as well. Like, you, you, you know what it's like, Sean. You move to Australia, for God's sake. You know yeah. what You go away yeah. and you, you become even more... So I moved. I moved to Glasgow when I was eighteen. I stayed there for three years. Then I moved to London. I went to Liverpool and Leeds, and it's you just become more patriotic the the longer you're away. So, 
But that's why, and I just, I love it. I love Wales. Wales, Wales. Doesn't show, mate. Doesn't show. You're all right. Mate, do you know under my costume, do you know episode seven, we were filming episode seven this season, we were having the warm-up games against Ireland. Under my costume, I had my Wales jersey on and we we had it out of my pocket on Sky Sky Go every time in between takes. That's a true story. Nobody knew I had it under my costume, though, so... (laughs) Try and find the red. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) I'm going to keep my eye out for it now. You can't see it. Um, Right. The Jewish Inquirer, mate, that has been going down. I know this is all yes. very, this is probably the, the the most fun and technical arid one we ever had. Uh, the Jewish Inquirer, Tim did his own series on Amazon. Mm. And how has that gone down, mate? I haven't watched it yet. I am planning It's gone it. down really well, surprisingly well, considering we did, it's, it's, it's a real homemade, not homemade, but homegrown <laughs> um, production. As in, we we just decided to do it, to just kind of do it ourselves. We thought, you know, we'll get, we approached it like you would an independent movie, basically. Because okay. Gary, who directed it, has made a lot of um, independent movies um, and has directed it in Hollywood and things like that. So he knows kind of the, how the kind of, you kind of lay your, your stool out to make an independent film. And then, and then go on to sell it as there are certain markets for it. So we decided to approach a TV series in the same way that you would then make an independent movie. In other words, you make it and then you sell it, basically, which is what we did, which is basically what we did. And it's never been done for a TV series. Usually you have a broadcaster that will then step in and do whatever the changes they want and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way, all the way along the line. But we thought to, to have complete control of it, um, we would make it ourselves which is terrifying when you just got to go, okay, here we go. We'll just do this and see what happens. But then Amazon picked it up. And so you kind of go, okay, fine, great. But it's, it's one of those models where you think this could be the way that TV is made in the future. As in it's, you know, it's like a cottage industry. It's a small run team. Everyone believes in the script, wants to do it. Everybody knows each other and you go off and you make, you'll make your, your product and your series and you get investors in it like you would a film. And then go off and the, and you and you do it. Differences, of course, is where the where the uh, the industry is now after this. That's going to be very interesting. But because this was pre pre pandemic, it was certainly something that you could see going in that direction. Things being made on YouTube, series is, series being made there in very similar ways. So yeah, so that's our been been. But it's been it's been great, and we've launched it. Yeah, in the UK, in America. Uh, and I think it's across Europe and and the rest the rest of the world. I think um, thus far, but yeah, no, it's been going down very well, which is which is great. To live in the dream, man. I have to, gonna have to have a look at that. Gonna have to have a look at that now. But excuse me, it's all Tim. It's literally all Tim. It is. He's the lead, and like like I have said, he is the funniest bloke I've ever met. So you just know you're going to be in stitches watching that all the way through. Brilliant, mate. You're in for a treat, I mean, Sean. In for a treat. Well, man, they say I, a bottle I, of rosé. I, I will. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I will do it. I will because lockdown. I mean, we've all been looking at box sets and films and chance to catch up on other things. I mean, it's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Really, I mean, is, is it a bit of a busman's holiday to do that for you, or do you take ideas? Have you been watching anything in particular? I have been watching uh, Ozark. We've done a few series. Yeah. The dip, the, the, the difficulty is, is when you have kids, it, it, you, it takes away. Like we have just been doing homeschooling and that has been my thing. And I'm not a teacher. Otherwise I would have been a teacher. I have no <laughs> patience. And also, I don't, know what, I don't know what the fuck most of these things are. Like I know how to add. I don't know what a number bond is. 
when your oh, six-year-old man, says, will you do number bonds? And you're going, what the fuck is a number? <laughs> you don't say that to her face. But you just say, what the fuck is that? I don't know what you're talking about. We go, we're like two and two. So you're adding. Yes, but it's number bond. No, just what are you, what are you talking about? Talking in runes, girl, please. <laughs> it's the strain. Yeah, it's been, so it's been quite a learning curve for me. Now I can kind of go, now I know number bonds and I'm very good at fractions now. But that is basically my my uh, my thing. Although I did hear a brilliant story that is my, I think I'm going to try and write as a movie, which is um, there was, you probably saw this in the newspapers, it was uh, a Bolivian flute orchestra. Did you hear about this? No. Who were on tour in Germany. And there's like 13 of them, I think. We're on tour in Germany. Um, were, were due to play at a German castle. And pandemic hit, everything went locked down, and then Bolivia shut its borders. So the band couldn't, the orchestra couldn't get back to Bolivia. So it was stuck in this German castle in the middle of a wood surrounded by wolves. <laughs> that is my, my lockdown film. And so apparently they're still there. And it's a haunted German castle. But they can't get out. I mean, you just got to go. That's that's surely that's a movie. Surely that is an absolute movie written right there. And that's the a horror film. Because that's a horror film. Saying, Why are you all playing football? I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? It's absolutely extraordinary. Going, no, that can't be true. Yeah, a Bolivian flute orchestra. At one point, we'll see um, Cummins driving past outside with his with his wife as well outside the castle. That's it. Fully loaded up with the kids in the back. Just, I'm, saying, I'm just I'm just testing. Just just testing. Just testing. Three sheets to the wind. I'm just seeing if I can drive just honestly it's all i'm doing officer right tim every every obviously every episode we talk a little bit about rugby and that but obviously we're we're gonna keep with the whole showbiz tv film thing so every week i ask our guests to name their top three films of all time if they were the only films kind of like desert island discs that's where i stole the idea from yeah uh top yeah. three films is not new uh but tim downey give us your top three films from three to one So very tricky, obviously, goes without saying. It's like choosing, trying to choose a child, which you know we could all do, but we don't like to. Um, so I would, I'm going to start with, with um, it's a 1950s sci-fi film. It's called The Thing from Another World, which was then remade by John Carpenter, and it's just called The Thing with Kurt Russell. Um, and it's a real favourite. I remember watching it as a kid, um, kind of sneakily, you know, when your dad's asleep and you kind of go, oh, I'm going to watch a little, see what this is and really being taken with it. It's a great story. It's a, it's a classic sort of sci-fi, end of the world, what's going to happen. But what's so lovely about it and so sort of warm about it is you can just tell it's on a set. There's no sort of out incredible <laughs> sets or anything. You can just tell that, you know, the spaceship is literally like a model under some ice that they've just filmed and they've kind of put, and then they've shot people just going <laughs> next to it to show you're in the Arctic. Or, you know, there's like scientists in a room that's enormous, that's obviously just a set that they've borrowed, where someone's sort of saying, so, Ted, what do you think? Well, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's a life form, but not as we know it. More silica-based. Silica-based, you say? Yeah, silica-based. All that kind of stuff. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's one of those ones you can just kind of snuggle down and just put on, and it's a joy. I'm a actually going to watch, gonna watch yeah, that tonight. from another world would be number three. 
We've never, we've never had that before, Kyle, and I don't think we'll ever have it again. I mean, I told, I told Tim is a mass. Like he's got the, he must have got the biggest brain in the world in that head because his knowledge of, it, well, not even just like history, movies, or any reader, reading, writing, everything. He's anyway. I'm talking rubbish again. Number two, please. <laughs> not at all. Please continue. Uh, so number two. Uh, and again, I have chosen all these films as films I could just watch again and again and again, regardless. And so the next one is Time Bandits, um, oh. which is just a just brilliant. And again, it was one of those films that I watched because of the Monty Python connection of Palin and Cleese and had no and Gilliam, obviously. And I had no idea what it would be like. And again, I was quite young when I first saw it on like Channel 4 or something. And it simply blew my mind of going this is just so odd but funny and it's exactly the type of thing that i like it's just so weird and it's slightly dark and horrific yet really funny and it's got those like traits that we would all recognize today where suddenly at one point near the end you know god appears the supreme being and you're kind of like oh cower cowering and it just kind of goes sorry i'm Sorry, I'm late. Goodness me, what a mess! Yeah, God, and it's that that I just find so so brilliant. So yeah, number two, Time Bandits. And there's a scene in that. Have you seen Time Bandits, Kyle? No, I'm literally just writing them down now because I'm going to watch them later. There's a scene. This my sort of humour. Tim will get this right. They come on a stage, right, and all you can hear is one sort of wind instrument going. And there's like a couple of people in there. You know what I mean, Tim? Exactly. And they all start going, like the wallpaper sticks to the wall. And it's like me and my shadow. They got these little dwarfs doing. What is the film? It's hilarious, but it is. It's, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, they're, they're entertaining Napoleon because they, they want to try and rob Napoleon. So he's drunk. And they're trying to bring on these like real dreadful vaudeville acts. And the and the and the act before they decide to come on is they say, um, "We have this amazing person for you. He's very funny. He swallows brushes. Very funny." And so he looks like he's going to, you know, end it all. And they all come on and say, "Well, we're going to do this 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 uh, this dance routine." And it it is brilliant. It's I will. It's I gotta watch that. You have to watch it. It's a it's an absolute must. And uh, and my number one. And it is a film that I have watched, God only knows how many times, dozens, dozens of times, is The Shining. I would watch that again and again and again. I just think it's just brilliant. And there's something about it that chills me even now. I, I, you know, you know, you know what's coming. You know when the twins come. You know how it all works. You see, I've seen documentaries. I've seen everything. And still I will sit there and go, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. Oh dear, there's just something about it, something extra in the making of that that just kind of just lifts it, just transcends it above other movies for me, especially in that genre, in that horror genre. There's something unpleasant. There's a coldness. There's a kind of detachment that is chilling, really chilling. That's uh, so. Yeah, they would be, they would be my three. I could watch them again and again and again. Fantastic. I, I suppose the next question, Kyle, is for Tim. We always ask this as well. Mm. Um, in the epic that's going to be Tim Downey, the epic, Who, mm. which actor plays Tim Downey? Again, I was thinking about this. Uh, and you could run through all the, 
all the, all the greats, obviously, um, <laughs> who would who would play me. And I was thinking maybe 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 go off piste, maybe go off piste and go someone like John McEnroe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe a young John McEnroe, just to see. You know, he could be good. A lot of American sportsmen are very good actors, you know. Um, maybe someone someone like that. In my younger years, um, I used to have I used to look very similar to Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. So like a young Fred <laughs> Savage married together with uh John McEnroe. Um, or if the industry says as it is, I'll play it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, Give yeah. it to me, please. Yeah. I'll play myself. This is the one role I know I can do. <laughs> you do a good job. Let me do it. <laughs> I was thinking Tom Selleck. <laughs> Zalek would do it. Burt Reynolds, God rest his soul. Anyone with a mustache. A joy. A joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, it's come to about the end of time for us, Tim. We're so grateful you joined us on the Tuesday Club. It's very rare we get somebody of your caliber, experience, and so entertaining. But we can't let you go without doing a little thing we do at the end with our guest. Something that is quick fire uh, questions, two possible answers. No ambiguity, quick answers, honestly, if you can, up and under. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. Let's do it. Okay, so Tim Downey here on the Tuesday Club going up and under. Here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Writing or reading? Reading. Batman or Superman? Batman. Outlander or Upstart Crow? Ooh. Oh. Uh, out Crow. <laughs> out Crow. That, that one. Upstart Lander. Okay. Uh, whiskey or wine? Uh, wine. Notting Hill or Soho? Notting Hill. No. TV or theatre? TV. David Berry or David Mitchell? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, David. <laughs> Every Claire. time, David. Brilliant. That was brilliant. I wrote Thanks those so up for I put those in there. I thought we'll, we'll ca- Sean does them. See, we get some rugby guests on, and Sean knows the rugby guests. So I thought, you know what, we get him on. I'm going to do some there that's going to. St- stifle you and they didn't because you're so witty and clever you did just for anyone who listening I, well. I actually don't want to marry tim i just I, I i admire him i look up to him and that's that's about all that is that's all that is ray that's all that is that's all that, that's all that is <laughs> it's fine don't ask any more questions all oh, right quick before we go um give me give me some give me a top three impressions because i can't let you go without you doing some voices top three impressions come on come I on could do, i could do a good matt berry because I've just heard it so so much. Go on, do Matt oh, Berry. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> what was that? No. Yes. Yes. Can you do him in the scene uh, with the uh, with the fish tank helping the woman? She's like, me and my boyfriend has just moved in. Fuck off. Oh yes, I know the one. I know the one. I don't really remember what he says, but I know he says. So, uh, do I want to help you with that? 
So, uh, do you want to go out for a dinner or something? I have a boyfriend. Well, fuck off! <laughs> smashes the fish tank. <laughs> smashes the fish Basically, tank. Basically, she's moving in, Sean, and she's l- lugging stuff from her boot up to her flat. She's got a big fish tank, and she's struggling. And he goes over, and he's like, oh, do you, want, do you want a hand with that? Oh, hello, do you want a hand? Do you want a hand? She's like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, oh, that's so lovely. Was, yeah, no, you're just moving in. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, me and my boyfriend. And as she said, she didn't even finish the word boyfriend. He smashes it on the floor, goes, fuck off, and then walks off. <laughs> Brilliant. Series called Snuffbox. Oh my god, that's funny. We did many many moons ago, but yeah, it's brilliant. Very. I made a lot of notes. I made a lot of notes on things to watch yet. Get it down. Get it down, Sean. Get brilliant, it down. mate. Thank you so much for coming on thank today. You, I am so Pleasure. sorry because we had some technical difficulties, but in the world we live in, uh, you know, everyone's used to technical difficulties now. When we are doing this on our own in lockdown, I am not a sound technician, neither is Sean. So uh, I do apologise, but thank you so much for um, sticking with it. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the Tuesday Club um, and it's been lovely to catch up with the mix it's been a while and you as well and you as well thank you thank you for having me on loved it thanks for making me choose awkward things I think I like it <laughs> stay safe Tim good luck with everything you do and throughout you well, the sure. end of lockdown thanks Tim cheers guys take care wheels wheels